everything that is important to us, again, both successes and failures, are changing us. And if we're not thinking it through, working it through, we will more likely change in ways we don't want to be changed. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Yay, we're back. Back. It's been a while since we had a long episode, a longer episode. Yeah. I hope our, I'll say this even before we start our hate, I hope our listeners are as excited to hear a full episode as we are to record it. You sound sleepy. I am. I just fell asleep. I just woke up. <laughs> That's, like, That's my deep voice. So today's episode was inspired by uh, some time we spent with a friend this summer, and it, it sparked an interesting conversation among us, and then you and I had a follow-up conversation about it. Um, so I want to tell you a little bit about our friends. This is somebody we've known for a very long time, but honestly, his experience is so common and relatable, which is part of the reason we wanted to share this. So this person I'm describing could be your friend too, anybody's friend. He's my, he actually happens to be my friend too. Okay. He's, he's more my friend. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very passionate and fun-loving person, the kind of person you invite to every gathering because he shifts the energy in the room. He, um, what always really made me gravitate towards him was his curiosity about life and discovering it and- Appreciating it. And appreciating the, the, the beautiful, small moments of life that usually go unnoticed by most people. Like he actually taught me a few things about pausing and you know pulling over to the side of the road and picking fruit from a tree because it was there, you know, that, that kind of joy and appreciation. And also Optimism, right? in his own life, he, he made many difficult choices all in the pursuit of really finding joy and, and fulfillment and, and yeah, and love. But somewhere along the way, he lost his joie de vivre, his joie de vivre. <laughs> yeah, okay. He started to feel lost, unhappy, and cheated out of the life he really wanted. He had long-term goals he wasn't getting any closer to, and he couldn't understand why. He had expected life to go a certain way and was starting to feel like his fate was stuck and he just had to accept it. And by the way, I think it's worth mentioning this person has many, many blessings in his life in terms of love and uh, his physical life, his health, I mean, sustenance. So it was, I think, a little bit jarring because we don't see him as frequently live in different parts of the world. But that closeness still remains, but I, I was, we both were surprised by this version of our friend because it had shifted radically from just a year ago. It was like the talking head song, this is not my beautiful house, this is not my beautiful wife. And in this case, it's kind of like it was not my beautiful life, right? And all of this made him question his spiritual beliefs and if a life with continued joy and fulfillment was actually possible. Well, not just continued, but growing, right? Growing. Yeah, I think he was just on the spectrum of like, is this even? <laughs> I mean, that was what was scary, but yes. Kabbalah teaches the only things we invest time... Sorry, maybe before you get into the teaching, but I just want to maybe just explain, I think it's really important because I think a lot of people, and the reason we're sharing the story is because we think it's an interesting story about our friend, but I think this is a place people get stuck, right? So, like you said, very blessed person. And, but in the past year... He, he gave a list of three or four business things. And this is really what it was all about. 
that didn't go the way he thought it was going to go. Yeah, he expected a very I, big outcome. I was going to get this money here and this money there and this money there, and it didn't happen. And therefore, his view on life or even a spiritual life changed to this, which is that you shouldn't expect things to get better or even good things to get better or bad things to get better. The purpose of the spiritual life is to be able to learn to accept everything as it is. And I'm not sure, but I'll, I'll stop to, here. But yeah. and, and while there is some truth to that, taken to the, to the place where he took it, which is things are not going to get better, don't expect things to get better, just learn. And the, the whole purpose of spiritual life is just to learn to be happy or accepting with your of lot, your lot, your exactly. lot in life, but not expecting it to be more or different, right? So, so I have a lot and, to say. And about in his that, voice, there was a lot of like settling and surrender, but not in the positive way. Um, a very what's the word? Not sacrifice. Defeatist. Yes, yeah. yes, very much so. So, I think, and I think this is the the bigger kind of overarching idea is that. We're all forever in a process, and he's in a messy middle of something, but instead he thinks that this is where he's now arrived to, and this is the reality of life. And, and I think, and, and the key here, right, is that he gets stuck in this philosophical loop of thinking, you know, this is, this is what it's going to be for the rest of my life. Right. Which I think that's probably the saddest part, right? Because Again, once and a lot of people are there. I'm sure. Um, there's no real way out because your thoughts, your consciousness about life. You know, not everything you hope for will you get, but certainly what you know won't happen won't happen, right? If a person gets to the consciousness or the thought that I shouldn't even start to continue expecting things to get better. They're definitely not going to get better. We're also so complicated in why we think we should have the outcome that we desire even. So in this case, he had lost a big sum of money. Uh, we're really given it over. It's a complicated story that I'm not going to really go into. because It's not my story. But this money that was supposed to come to him was the exact amount that he had to get it over well, that's years a very important, before. You, you, yeah, so, can you share that? Because that was, that was a really important point you made. Because... Again, these are very large sums of money, but that's not even the point. No, it's that in his mind. But there was one point in his life story where he was not only fine with it, but he was actually excited to give up that money. In this case, the same amount of money. The exact. By the way, the exact same amount of money. Exactly. He was he was now defeatist about not getting. So maybe just share a little bit about that. That was a really important point you made. Yeah, because I I remember the time when he gave over that large sum of money. I didn't think it was the right thing to do. It was the easier thing for him to do because he had a lot of feelings around a decision. He felt like giving that money would make him feel better about other decisions he made with this person. And at the time, and I did tell him this, like, you know, that's a lot of money. And why, I mean, she, she's not even entitled to it. Like, you don't have to give it to her. And he just wanted to give it away to make himself feel better. So he never dealt with any of those feelings. But 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 he was, at the time he was excited about giving away and moving on. Right, right. and he had he it, to some extent. Right now, ten years later, he's now found himself in a different situation. And in his mind, it's like, okay, I gave that money. I'm not sure how I feel about giving the money now anymore. And that's why he was even more invested in receiving this sum now. So it wasn't, it's not even about these business deals. And that's what I said to him. I was like, wait, let me ask you a question. 10 years ago, is that, 
tell me about that amount of money. Is it the same amount that you expected from these four deals? He said, Monica, it's the exact, to a T, the exact same amount of money. So I think we complicate, we complicate process. We complicate being in the middle. We complicate all that because we are so nuanced and complex and we're not even often in touch with why we expect something and then why we get jaded. There's other things that he can work through here. It's not about the money, right? Right. But I thought, again, what I thought was so beautiful about your point is that you have the same person who's probably not the same person now because he's changed his perspective on life. But at one point in his life, he was more than happy to actually actively give away the exact X sum of money. In this case, he was defeated by not receiving the exact, that, the exact same money. And by the way, to be clear, this is somebody who is okay, like he's very okay. But it was just the process of these deals not going through is brought into the point of being defeated. And I th- think that, you know, all of us, to some degree or another, need to, ch- my, what I think to our listeners is we all have different things in life that we wanted to happen and didn't happen or or that happened that we didn't want to happen. And a question we have to ask ourselves is, is let me be careful in the way these disappointments affect me in the long term. And that's something which I don't think we, I think, you know, we go through life and when there's an accumulation of, of disappointments, we change and that's not a good thing. Well, I think it's naive to think that we're not changed by everything in our life. It's just you have to pay attention. And again, I think in this point, I was so shocked because he didn't even see how he had changed, right? right? And then we had this conversation over a a few hours and then he had that moment where he was like, whoa, wait, I'm ready to rethink this. But it was still hard for him, but he hadn't even recognized it. And that's what happens to all of us. If we're not paying attention to the things in life that are how they're changing us, right? To right. to think that you go through anything, whether it's a great thing or a very difficult thing, and not think you're changed by it is a naive way to live. Right. And again, this brings me to a very important teaching from one of the Kabbalists from Rav Ashlaf. He says the following. He says, anytime something happens in life, it's going to change you. You either fall back, be, meaning become a less developed person, right. or you jump forward. But life will never be the same. And I think it's really important. This is the point that you know, it doesn't have to be the the huge momentous moments in life. Those are certainly, this is true about those. But the point is that everything that is important to us, again, both successes and failures, are changing us. And if we're not thinking it through, working it through, we will more likely change in ways we don't want to be changed. And not even see Not it even notice. That's the scariest then, part. Then, then, then be changed in positive ways. The only way to be changed in positive ways by the ups and downs of life is by actively thinking about how it is changing me. How do I want to be changed by what is happening? Because I asked the question, I said, well, is this even your money? Like this money that you're expected to come in, you're saying, I was owed this money, it's my money. Who says it's your money? You you invested with the hope that you would get a certain amount, but it's not your money, It's it's money. It could have been yours, but it's not. And I think that when we don't challenge ourselves to stop and say, okay, what feedback am I supposed to get from this moment or from this experience? Again, like you said, you are changed. Like for instance, if you have a farmer who bought land and then they spent um, money and time and they planted trees, let's say a thousand trees, and they had to wait for a couple of years for it to to grow, to produce fruit, 
if they came too early and they saw no fruit, right? Or the tree wasn't growing big enough, then it's, oh, you know, why this, that, it looks all kinds of weird. Let's say you pick the fruit before it's ripe and it's bitter. Oh, this is a horrible fruit. It's not going to be good. If you're in the, we're all, I mean, it's that idea. And I think we could even end the podcast right now. It's okay. the messy, it's the Bye, messy everybody. middle, right? People don't stop and realize enough that we are all forever in the middle of a process. When, when, death comes, that's when the process is over. So it's, that went dark very fast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Of, of course. So, and, and actually, it's funny because I was in 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 thinking about- <laughs> As soon as you say the word death, it's like, okay. <laughs> you can end the podcast there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that, that, you know, so so the word is often associated with what we're talking about is optimism, right? And there's a lot of research, a lot of science around- yes, I have some. <laughs> the positive effect of, of optimism. But to the point that you just made, I thought this was very important. So they found that the, what the difference between those who are optimistic and those who are pessimistic on life is how they view the causes of failure or negative experiences. And these are some of the, in, in the research, this is what they found, that somebody who's an optimist sees a negative experience or failure as something that is temporary, something that is specific, meaning not everything is black now, right? So temporary, specific, and external. So this doesn't happen because I'm a bad person or bad at this or so on, but it's an external problem or issue that came. And they see more easily the possibility of, of it changing. So I think these are really, again, like I said, these really should be unpacked. I think these are very, I think all of us as we're thinking about this, because no matter where we are on the spectrum between optimist to pessimist, we can all be getting better, meaning moving more and more towards the, the, the strongly optimistic person. And think about how you view, again, failure and negative experiences. How often do you see them as temporary? Meaning not, oh, this is going to be like this forever, right? Or that they're specific. Oh, this is, this is, the, pro this is the problem. This, is, this small piece is the problem. Not everything is now dark. They are external. It's not me. It's not my intrinsic problem. It's something that's happened that is external to me. And four, that I see more easily the possibility of it changing. And I think, again, like, like I said, I think... We have to nurture a growing optimistic view of our lives and the world. That's the only way we make sure that as we go on in life, day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, we're getting we're becoming more optimistic. But you do find, unfortunately, that if you're not careful, and you were, let's say, on a spectrum of optimism to, to pessimism, you are you are, let's say, born as an eight, right, closer to optimism. As a, per, if a person, the natural trajectory of human experience. And human psychology will be to become more pessimistic as they get older, as they see more. That's the reality of living more. The reality of living more is that you will see more negative things. When you're a baby, you probably haven't seen mostly anything negative. When you're one year old, less. And obviously, so you might feel like you have less ability to do things, which can cause also a, true. A, you know, also true. But action. it's also, you know, you have to be careful of the accumulation mm -hmm. of negative experiences, that unless you, you fight them and really nurture an optimistic view, you, a person will naturally, as 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 the years go by, become more pessimistic, and we've seen that again in, with our friend. We saw it, but you see this with with a lot of people. But everything begins with a thought, and so that's why this, you know, for all of us to check where we are on that gauge of are we more optimistic or pessimistic? Because whatever your belief is, right, it's an idea. It eventually becomes the words that you speak, and it eventually becomes your actions, and then that creates your your experience. So. There are real consequences to our thoughts. And I thought this was really interesting. The science backs this up. 
In the early 1960s, an American study evaluated 839, which is such a random number, people of on optimism versus pessimism. It included a complete it included a complete medical evaluation, and then they rechecked with these people 30 years later, and it was linked to longevity. For every 10 point increase in pessimism on the optimism pessimism test, the mortality rate rose 19%. That's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah, that's crazy. There was another, and this is even more. Uh, Interesting. Another American study focused on 6,959 students who took a comprehensive personality test when they entered the University of North Carolina in the mid-1960s. They followed them over the next 40 years. 476 of the people died from a variety of causes, with cancer being the most common. But when they looked more closely at those who had died, they found that the pessimism took a substantial toll. The most pessimistic individuals had a 42% higher rate of death than the most optimistic. Wow. It's a huge number. Well, it's good. It's, it's, it's good to scare us a little bit to really, you know, sometimes we, we talk in the podcast it's about spiritual topics or how you want to develop here. It's how long do you want to live? And assuming, which I'm assuming we all do want to live longer and longer, we better be working on our optimism. And I think that shift from being pessimistic, having pessimistic thoughts to optimistic ones is check yourself and really remember this. The way we think about our lives affects our lives. What we think we deserve affects what comes to us. Our belief about how our day will unfold creates the way we experience that day. What we think about our body becomes the quality of our health. What we think about ourselves becomes the quality of all of our relationships. The way we experience every single area of our life is dictated by how we choose to think about it. Full stop. Right. And, and, and to, to go back to the first point you made, which I think is so important based on the, the, the research, the way you think about life is how long your life will be. These are all, all, yeah, all of yeah. this is thoughts, all of this, you know, sometimes I, I started paying attention to children in that age where they start to think negatively about themselves because it's not, look, there's environment, there's genetics, there's epigenetics, there's all kinds of factors, right? But I've noticed that usually when a child turns around 10, 11, 12, and then you have puberty, body changes, sure, but they start to think badly about themselves to different degrees. And it just comes, and I, I started thinking about this today, actually, like, is that just the process of life so that we learn to fully appreciate ourselves? Like we have to lose appreciation or question how we feel about ourselves to fully own ourselves. And, and we only get to do that if we're in an environment that nurtures that, right? But it, I, I just thought that was Interesting that most people have a point in their life when they're That's younger where they, they have that. And probably, I would say from a spiritual point of view, it's because that is when we have to start earning life and blessings and growth. And the only way we earn is by, is by actively fighting. And fighting, in this case, is thoughts. And fighting, in general, which we are talking about here, is, is, is really nurturing an optimistic view. Yeah, it's that we almost turn on ourselves, you know. And 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 things again. We often, you know, in our conversations with with our children. Again, and this is a little bit older. You know, when they're sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. This, you know, life is really kind of starting for them. And whether it's in school and then in career, I think maybe one of the most important. And often I joke about it with our kids, but you know, like, oh, this really bad thing happened. And look, it might be you know, a person you know didn't do well in class or didn't get the job they you know all those things, but. Probably the most important, one of the most important lessons as parents is to keep reminding our children that life will have its ups and downs and life will have its disappointments and its failures. 
But the way to succeed is by nurturing an optimistic view, which does not mean this thing is going to be. And this is a very important point. And maybe I'll take a step back if, if I can. Yeah. What, what I what I shared with our friend, which I think is a very important, really fundamental view on life. So as we said earlier, his view, even as his spiritual view, was that life is what it is, and the spiritual work, if you if if you believe in it, is to allow you to accept what is. That's part of it. The other part. Which you can't pretend what is happening is not happening. No, no, of right? course not. Yeah. But the question is, what is? And this, I think, is such an important point. And I made it to him, and I make it to our listeners because I think this is something you have to think about and meditate upon a lot. What is the fundamental force of the universe? What is the fundamental force of what I would call creation? And there's a beautiful phrase that the Kabbalists have been using for thousands of years, which I think. Really should be needs to become our mantra in life, and the way we view the world, our life, and its potential. And the ancient words are "miderich hatov lehitiv," which means the basic, fundamental energy that one can call the creator, or we can call it the light of the creator, or the energy of the creator, or simply the creative force that both created this universe and all that exists, and every single one of us is a good one. And it is the nature, the one thing we know about that force from a spiritual standpoint is that it is the nature of goodness to desire to bestow more goodness. So think about that. The fundamental force that created the universe, Mm -hmm. the fundamental force that created every single one of us is a positive force. And it is the nature of a positive and good force to desire to bestow and create even more goodness. And if you really accept that and really live your life based on that, yes, it might be that this didn't work out and this failure happened, but but what's the what's sort of the wave of energy that exists in the world? It's not just, you know, I think sometimes I think, oh, it's me against the world. I wanted to make this business work. I wanted to make this I want, and, I want, and, and, yeah. and and it failed. And and oh, so so how much power do I think I have to make the next thing succeed? That's the wrong way to live life. And again, I, I really feel strong. This is a, a, a fundamentally important concept. The way you want to live life, the way you want to wake up in the morning is, there's this wave of goodness. There is this wave of positive energy. And I, and th- with the flow of that energy, want to create good things next and next and next. Again, it does not mean that everything that I want from that I think is good for me is going to happen, but it does mean that my view of the world and the energy that is fundamental is this wave or this energy of goodness. And, ha- and, and having the consciousness of that allows me to tap into it. Exactly, though, but pe- that's practice that people have to but I, understand I, that, that that is the, the force of, of goodness. But I think, though. again, I, I think many people make the fundamental mistake of thinking even if they're spiritual, it's me, right? So if I'm spiritual, or if I'm able to do, or or then I'll be able to do this good thing and that good thing next, and maybe I'll fail here, but do the next. Something much more powerful than that. There is a positive force, a benevolent force, wave of energy that is constantly 
desiring to bestow goodness. There's a, there's a phrase that, the, again, the, the sages use, which is more than the calf wants to suckle, the mother, the, the cow wants to give to her. So, the, 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 that benevolent force wants us to have a lot more than we have. And my work in life is to understand that, to have that consciousness. That consciousness connects me to that wave, right? The more we spend time in that mindset, the more optimistic we can be. Now, I know there's but a lot you want to say. They, yeah. get, they struggle and get stuck because they believe that they are entitled to what they're entitled to. Well, that's the second and, part. And, yeah. and the interesting thing is, like you, you know, often you see people who, for instance, win the lottery, and it turns out to be the biggest curse of their lives. So there's, and I want to unpack this with you, there's that spiritual understanding also that sometimes blessings are waiting to come to somebody, but but this force of goodness knows that if the person gets the blessing at a certain time when either they're not ready for it or they're not or it's prepared the blessing for them. or it's the right it, and it could destroy them then it doesn't come to them but in our limited view we don't understand that because we can't see the whole picture in this so going back to the conversation we had which i thought was again if i may say so myself a very good point that i made because <laughs> because because we've known this person through many relationships i said you know some of them were good, some of them were not good at all. In, in retrospect, he, he... So, I say... I think he'd agree. <laughs> yes, he'd definitely agree. So, that relationship that ended up being very detrimental to you, how upset would you have been if that person who you thought, quote-unquote, you loved and wanted to have a, a relationship with, would have said no to you, would have been devastated. And again, this is the way of the world. There are billions of people who, be, who are heartbroken, right? When in reality, no. Had often you had succeeded in that relationship, it would have been the worst thing that ever happened to you. We all know that. But we he all would know get that. stuck on that, the one that got away, exactly. or why didn't I have that? When we really don't know the outcome. If we achieved what we wanted, would it be to our benefit or our detriment? And again, something I often share with our kids, and I, I, am, so, I am so happy that not everything that I want happens. I think that, and this is, again, this might be a fundamental shift for some people, but I know for certain that if everything that I wanted to happen would have happened, I would not be in a good place in life now. And why? Not because I have negative thoughts, or because, because sometimes I don't have the whole view. No, we never have the whole view, right? So, you want this relationship, but maybe it's the worst thing for you. You want this business, maybe it's the worst thing for you. You want that $10, maybe it's the worst thing for you. So, when... But I feel like that's the training, right? Yes. It's to be able... That is the practice. So, you want something, it didn't happen, then you have to train yourself, okay, this didn't happen, didn't manifest, I tried, I'm going to take all that energy I put into that thing that I thought would bring me happiness, I'm going to put it into something else now, right? Or see what the other opportunity is. And the more that you do that, actually... What this crazy thing happens? You start enjoying life. Exactly. You start enjoying. You don't even feel and like you, you're in the middle of a process. And you and you and you maintain an optimistic view, yes, which is so important because then, like like we said before, once a person gets into and we all to some degree or another jaded by life and its failures and ups and downs, but once a person gets into that def relatively defeatist attitude or limited view, then they have put a cap on their life on their success, on their happiness. And... You said that you're so happy that not everything you wanted uh, came to you. Is there one thing you can think of specifically that you really wanted that didn't I, come to be? I, I, I think it's daily, right? I think it's daily. I'm trying to think of like a big thing. No, big or small. 
I just never, because this is the training, right? We never have that. We, you and I don't, well, we don't have those conversations. Like I really wanted this. And no, we but, don't, but, but there's, of course we have desires. Yeah. Or, or, you know, I mean, for me, for me, the training is really on the small things. You wanted to. What did you want today? Where did I want to be thinking about it? Oh, I wanted a certain appointment that I had to do to be as short as it was. Instead, it got a little complicated. It took an extra half hour. Yeah, I mean, but this is true. This is life. Life, life is filled with things that we don't want to happen. And this goes back, I think, to to the fundamental shift in consciousness that I was talking about before. If you accept, and this is the training, but that there is this wave of positive, benevolent energy that is pulling you forward towards positivity, then. Then, oh, the reason I, I, I can't tell you what the benefit of that extra half hour of complicated meeting that I didn't want to be that long was, but I know that what was behind it is this benevolent, positive energy. And, and, and every so day. You, ride, you will ride that wave. It's just which wave do you want to choose to ride on? Right? I mean, it's something so silly. I was watching something on social media and this woman got she was in really sh- like she was it was just sand there was no water but then this wave came but it was shocking like honestly it looked dangerous but but it came out of nowhere and it was huge and she fell but then it would go and there was no water and she's on sand but she couldn't get up fast enough or i don't know just sit there and she waited for the next wave and it's like taking her in and then you have like three kids playing next to her and they're enjoying the ride of the wave but she's sitting there being like it's like attacked by the water. Eventually, lifeguards came and saved her. Oh, saved her? She had to be saved? But she was in the sand, shallow. right? There wasn't even water. I can't okay. even tell you it was shallow. It was just... But I think that, that that visual, right? Like you have these children next to her who are riding the wave. And it was the same wave, right? And she's right next to them and she's in the sand. She can't get out of it. And it's because I think she thought, right? It was that mad mentality of, I can't get out of this. Right. This is this wave, right? right? Yeah, that's a very good example. Yeah, I heard this quote recently, which I think is again. I now I've been quoting a lot. But the question was asked: How do you guarantee success? And the answer is unbelievably simple, and it's based on everything we said until now. Which is, if you are committed to never giving up, you will definitely succeed. That's the singular difference between somebody who will be a success in life and somebody who won't. Mm-hmm. Because everybody trying to do anything important or otherwise will fail, will have setbacks. But if you're, and I believe it's based on everything we've said until now, if you have that optimistic viewpoint, if you have the desire to continue to grow and change, ultimately you will definitely succeed. I do want to clarify one thing because we are not saying the same thing as what toxic positivity is understood to be. Okay. That was first coined in 2011. It's defined as the belief that no matter how dire or difficult the situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. Mindset. While there are benefits to being optimistic, engaging, and positive thinking, toxic positivity rejects all difficult emotions in favor of a cheerful and often falsely positive facade. And at the beginning of our conversation with our friend, it was kind of like this. He's like, oh, that's what you're saying. And no, not at all, right? There is a difference. You you can feel upset and disappointed. It's how you course correct, though. You need those negative emotions to make you actually stop and say, okay, what is happening here? The wave that I'm on might not be the one I need to be on. It makes you kind of reconsider everything and choose something else. So toxic positivity relies on the suppression of negative feelings instead of dealing with them in healthy ways. 
Experts say that toxic positivity can lead to distress, shame, isolation, and passivity. So I just thought that was an important point because sometimes people hear things a certain way and they're like, oh, I should be happy all the time. Right. It's no, actually, you're it's, not going to be happy all the time. And you're not meant to be happy all the time. So uh, actually, it's funny. It reminded me, I, I had an interesting conversation with, with a woman about a week ago. And you know, you never know how you're, what you say is being heard. And it's almost always yeah. being heard differently by different exactly. people. So she came, up to me, she came up to me and said, you know, last year you gave a lecture about our potential. And I was so inspired, I started this business. And it's not doing well. Oh, gosh. What should I do? <laughs> right? It's your fault. As if, yeah, it's my fault. <laughs> and the point is, again, I didn't tell her this because I don't know the situation. I don't know the details. But it's very possible this business was a bad idea. And she shouldn't have done it. And maybe now she should give up on it. By the way, it's also possible it was an amazing idea. It'll be a success as long as she perseveres. I have no idea. But what we're talking about isn't the fact that, oh, let me just go ahead and do this and keep going. You know, the universe, the creator is going to be sending you messages. And sometimes the messages you made a big, not a big mistake, you made a mistake, stop. It or sometimes it, it is, you know, persevere through it. It's and also, not there's one something or the to other. learn any which always. way it goes. Always, right? always. And I think exactly like you said, I think that idea of, of toxic positivity is, is, is again, also, the, you know, people also talk about this, you know, if I'm going to keep thinking positive about this, it's going to happen like in a relationship. No, maybe this, you're not supposed to have, the, maybe the best thing for you is not to have the relationship unless you're open to those possibilities, which is, I don't see everything. And just because I think this might be a good idea, it might not be a good idea, and be open to the messages that you're getting, then optimism or toxic positivity can actually be a very detrimental uh, viewpoint on life. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to misunderstand concepts like seeing things through to the end. If something's hard, it's worthwhile, and therefore you grow. We're talking about perseverance, but you don't doesn't mean you shy away from challenges either, right? It's of a, it's a it's a balance, and it, it takes thought and and. And questioning, thought and questioning. It reminded me, I was, again, I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a friend who, who was telling me a story about, about their father who got stuck in a riptide. And what do we know about getting stuck in a riptide? Again, I've never been in this situation. I hope never to be. You're supposed, to, you're supposed go to let with, go. Let go and let, go let, it, the, take let it take you out. You wherever and, then, and then go but around. But every fiber in your body, your being is saying, no, you've got to fight it. You've got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the point. The point is, yes, overall, the view is there's a positive force taking me. But sometimes, the right thing to do is give up on what I think the direction needs to be, and then I'll actually get to where I need to go. Yeah, I mean, more important than sticking to something is bending yourself and bending yourself into a pretzel to make it work is to look at the reasons why it might not be the thing for you. Absolutely. And that's a hard thing to do because our desire is, I want this. I want it now. I want it the way I want it. Kind of got to get out of your own way. Yeah, and therefore, what I always like to think in my own life when I'm trying to do something or when something's going one way or the other is, I know that I don't see everything. I think that this is the way I should be going. But I am completely open to the messages that might tell me this is not the right thing. This is not something you should continue to pursue. And and that does not negate optimism, nor does it negate everything we spoke about. Or your desire. It's actually an intrinsic part of life's process. Because by the way, my view will be that if I am shown, given the messages that I should not be pursuing this, I am so happy that you know, I didn't continue to go down that path. And I also know that any and all energy that I've invested into this does not go to waste. That will come back to me, which is, you know, another topic, but an important one. Yeah. Every prayer, every time I ask for something, I, I always end it with that. Like, this is what I desire, but whatever you think is best for me is what I want. Yeah. So what do I know? Yeah. There's, there's a verse that I often use. It says, you know, I ask this, I, I would like this or this or that. And at the end, I say, but that which is the best in your eyes should be done. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to actually 
share, I, I often share this story, which I think is for me a very inspiring one in life. And that the point is that often it is the darkest moments when, when there has been a big, even tragedy or disappointment or failure is the moment when there's potential for great light. So, I tell the story, my father in 1962 began studying with his spiritual teacher. And he was with, he studied with him for seven years. And at that point, after seven years, 1969, his teacher was the most important person in his life. He could not imagine going on in life without his teacher, who he loved and also received every direction and wisdom from. In Passover 1969, his teacher passes away. And my father would tell the story that he was broken. He was completely broken. He he didn't know how he was going to go on in life. He couldn't imagine, you know, continuing. He, he wasn't a teacher at that time, becoming a teacher. It was furthest thing from, from him. There was that moment of great, great darkness. And by the way, this is this is almost a constant story in many of, of the people who became great spiritual leaders and teachers and great people in general. And he he made a decision though that even though he felt great pain and darkness, and it made no sense for him to continue, it made no sense for him to try even to think to become a teacher, he persevered. And that one decision that he made, made it so that I'm here, (laughs) that you're here, that millions of people all over the world received wisdom and inspiration and direction. And he could have taken it as a sign to abandon. Yeah, to give up, stop, not even a sign, like he, he didn't have the emotional strength to go on. He didn't have the, the the ability he thought to go on, but he persevered and had invested strength he didn't think he had. And because of that, millions of people benefited. But it also was a different way than he thought it was going to oh, be. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. But the point is that it is also true that often in the times of greatest darkness or greatest failure, that is the seed that if we persevere, actually makes us who we are meant to be. Right? And I often think about it. Had my father not, he was a good person. He would have been a good person. You know, he would have lived his life and he would have been, you know, but but compared to what he was supposed to do. And I think this is a lesson, of course, for every single one of us, especially during the times of disappointment, especially in the difficult times. There's so much more that we can be. And it is often in those times of challenge that we persevere through that allows us to become the great person we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. So beautiful, yeah. Thank you. I, I really, again, like I said, for for us, this was a, the conversation we had a few weeks ago. But also, this episode, I think, is just so important, and fundamental. I hope our listeners really By take the way, from. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I, I, what I thought was so powerful about that conversation we had with our friend was that we were all surprised by it. He was. We were. Uh, we were surprised to see where he was, and he was surprised to see where he was, and then it created this whole kind of conversation of like, I mean, this, what we've just talked about, yeah. right? But I think that what a gift to have that moment where, first of all, we felt comfortable enough to tell him he was open to hear. He felt no shame in sharing his dark thoughts that he didn't think were dark, but then he was open. It was like a beautiful circuitry. And I I hope that everybody really take this 
this podcast and internalize it and maybe have that conversation with somebody you really trust and, and, and with yourself and, and with yourself and and check check where you're at yeah I think that's it can be a life-changing moment absolutely truly. and i think yeah i'm not sure we made this clear enough the good news is at the end of the conversation there really was a real awakening yeah. uh, in, in our friend and, and we hope that in our listeners as well every one of us has to have greater or smaller every one of us one of us needs to have this epiphany of where have i become jaded where I become pessimistic. As we are back to our full episodes, please, uh, we would love to continue sharing your emails, questions, comments. So continue, begin, continue to send your stories, comments, inspirations to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. And when you share your stories with us, it inspires us, but it also inspires all of our listeners. So make sure to write an email. And sometimes people think, oh, you know, we often do this when we do Q&As. People are always hesitant. Trust me. We want to hear from you. Our listeners want to hear from you. You will be able to create great inspiration for us and for all of our listeners. So make sure to write questions, comments, stories, inspirations, topics that you'd like us to cover. Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. And as always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording. Stay spiritually hungry. <laughs>